Welcome to the K-pop cast. This is another edition of K-pop song and how you content recommendations for the first week of November. We're recording this on November 4th. And for this special episode, I'm joined by DJ John. Welcome to the show, DJ John. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Yes. And also joining DJ John, we are proud to welcome the resident thirst person, as she described herself <laughs> right before this recording. It's Mandarin Mama, aka Virginia Duan. Welcome, Virginia. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, all right. So welcome to the show, guys. Audience, listeners, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and join the community on Slack. We've got links to both the newsletter for Hardhead and Tutorial and a link to join the Slack in the episode description. And now for our K-pop hit replays. All right, Virginia, what's your hit replay? The song that's making you hit replay in K-pop this week? Well... This week is my hit replay is Ten's Birthday. It's a super smooth R&B track with a super sexy vibe about treating his girl like it's her birthday. And mm-hmm. uh, something about cake, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like tonight's your birthday. Every second, every minute make me want to celebrate it. Everything about you perfect just the way your mama made it. You're the all right and if you don't already know ten is a thai singer and dancer based in south korea and china he uh, debuted with the sm group nct and uh, is, I guess, mostly part of the subunits NCTU and Wavy. And he was also part of the super group Super M. He is super hot. Sorry, that was just commentary. And then uh, this is one of his solo projects through the SM Station Project. Well, and then, like, what is it? Like SM Lab or Station Lab? Or I forget what it's called. They have SM so many Station. Things, yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's described... Birthday is described as like an R&B dance song with a dreamy vibe. I don't really get dreamy. I get sexy as fuck, but that's just me. Um, (laughs) uh, It's a hit replay because it's it's just so good, guys. Just go listen to it. You're just like, oh, well, all right, then. Uh, Something about cake. And you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And you're like, I don't I don't know what kind of cake they're referring to. Are they? Is it the Rihanna kind of cake? Is it like... Mm-hmm. like I, I think it's supposed know. to be all those things. Really, it, it's whatever your, you know, whatever your heart desires. Because he wants it all. That's right. And, like and tonight's like, your birthday. To you. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I accept. And also, like, it's a hit replay, not only just for the track itself, but the MV. And it starts yeah. off a little bit more, like, stayed. Stayed is not the right word. But, like, it's not as, like... And then it progresses and you're like, oh, 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 all right. So then you have to watch again. Make sure you catch all the details, right? Of the, like the abs and the the lats and like, yeah, you, you have to make sure the lighting catches everything. So yeah, so, you like, know, I'm actually a- on that point, I kind of like how they have like directional lighting and they use the shadows to really pronounce and like each of the bumps and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. curves. <laughs> I feel like they're just giving the fans what they want and they just. That's right fan service yes so i'm a really simple person i think it's a good song and i would listen to it even without the mv but the uh 
the MV. Doesn't hurt. No, no. I mean, it hurts, yeah. but in a good way. <laughs> oh. It hurts so good. So I, I love the, the clock sounds. <laughs> it like, uh, for some reason, just the way it's applied in this song, it adds to that mm. like sultriness yeah. of the music. Yeah. And it gives a lot of Taman vibes. Oh, mm. yeah. Taman, like, and I, I might even say Rain. A little oh, bit of Rain. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. True. I mean, I like Rain. I just don't like his face. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, controversial opinion, but whatever. Hey, if, you know, Put a bag he, over his face and we'll be fine, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, I say person. Rain just because of the way, like, his, like, clothes have, like, a cutout for his, like, his abs and his chest like that that's a oh, very yeah. rain move you know <laughs> i mean hey he, the dude is 40 years old you know or, or 40 plus isn't he so yeah you know, i gotta i gotta uh, yeah. give him a, i gotta give him props you know rock yeah. until the wheels fall off <laughs> yeah actually his song was almost my hit replay uh oh, this week yeah, believe yeah. it or not with his um street man fighter team that's oh, yeah, another yeah. really good song we're checking out he's funny with yori oh you yeah watch the yeah, she just suns oh, him the whole time. <laughs> so Virginia's kid just got a crack tooth right in the middle of this recording, so we're gonna let her go and just uh, carry on through the rest of this episode. So up next, it's my turn for my hit replay, and my song has very cringe English lyrics, mixed metaphors, but it grew on me. It's G Idol's "Nude." Oh, I'm so shocked that you picked that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. already know who Yoja Idol is, or G-Idol. They're a South Korean girl group formed by Cube in 2018. It consists of Soyeon, 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 and her backup dancers. No, I'm just kidding. So it's got (laughs) Mini, Mion, Soyeon, Yuki, and Chuha. Originally, Soojin was in the group, but left in 2021 due to controversy. I think we've discussed it in the show before. Right. What's notable about G Idol is, or Yocha Idol, is that one member has been heavily involved in the writing and production of a lot of the group's songs. So, which member is that, Peter? Yeah, yeah, Soyeon. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Soyeon. <laughs> in case you didn't know, for the record, it's Soyeon. <laughs> your bias. I think, is that your ultimate bias of all biases? You know, truthfully, like, I think Soyeon was super biased going from, when was it? Like her first solo song mm. and then Unpretty Rap Star was really good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But after that, I don't know. I think I'm I'm into of course other idols as well. Like BB's really going strong. So BB, oh yeah. Anyway, like yeah, Idol, uh the, the name of the group kind of came from none other than Soyeon, who suggested it to Cube um when she mm. was working on her song called Idol. However it got mixed reactions. Because idol also means children, I guess, in, in Korean. Mm-hmm. And idol in English refers to someone who wants to avoid work. So they renamed it to parentheses G and then I hyphen dull. 
So I standing for individuality, the hyphen showing that the name has been divided into two parts. And dull, I guess dull, I, I don't know, the plural, plural form of I dull. in Korean too indicate that it's got uh, multiple yeah. group members or multiple members representing different personalities gathering together. So yeah, I thought that was always really interesting. So anyway, cool. nude. What, John, you and I, we've both yeah. been following this song for some time. Yeah, yeah. Look, when it first came out, I was like, what What the heck is, are they doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. As much as Soyeon is my bias, like the English lyrics were like very wonky face. Like, uh-huh. like what? You know, it's like just the English <laughs> delivery didn't quite make a lot of sense <laughs> on a first read. And frankly, right. also just watching uh, the music video, you've got Marilyn Monroe. You've got Banksy right. with the, um, you know, the shredded artwork and like a cabaret okay. theme, yeah. like all together. Yeah, yeah. That's like, is this what <laughs> like Soyeon thinks of when she like, like the, like the, that these things are like thematically grouped together? Cause to me, they're each very distinct, <laughs> you know, yeah. concepts and visuals and themes. But so wait, what is the song that they're, Referencing for the melody, you know what I mean? What is that? Oh, you have any gosh, idea? now that you mentioned it, I don't even know. Uh, but I, I yeah, think I, I see mean, what that, you're getting at. Yeah, it's like uh, from some musical or something, but it's old. It's like you know, from the I don't know, I don't even know, but it sounds uh, like what, a, like an old Broadway musical or something. Or like, are you thinking maybe, um. Oh, I want to say like Carmen, right? Or uh, yeah, maybe. But I mean, that's definitely what they're. I mean, if it's not in the credits, like that, they're ripping that off. I don't even know. But anyway, oh, yeah, gonna... you're right about the um, the cringe lyric. It's funny though. I, you know, she gets away with it because she's cute. You know, so she's just like blah blah blah. I don't speak English so good, but it's cute. It's like you know the um, the actress from Minari. When she gets up and gets like an Oscar award and she doesn't speak very good English, but her personality is hilarious. So people are just like, yeah, that's cute. You know, mm. the same thing. Like when I went to see BTS, like um, at the end when they're all doing their outro, it's like, you know, V or somebody else doesn't speak English that well. And they're just doing it. And all the girls around me are going, ah, you know, what I mean, so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Like, and I, I think maybe that kind of goes along with the theme if I interpret the lyrics correctly. Mm. So it's a lot of I'm a dumb pretty girl. <laughs> is that what the owning message it? is? And because right. like I, I, I'm self-made because of it. Mm. Um, so maybe that, yeah. that kind of goes yeah. along with the Marilyn Monroe theme. Like obviously Marilyn Monroe wasn't a dumb person but the no, care. sad story that she portrayed and you know a lot of her mm. you know cinema and, and movies was to you know play off of that motif and like kind of profit off of it yeah so like kind of um you know just uh taking advantage of it it's kind of like you know when old people like old people get really old and they act like they don't know what's going on but if you like talk to some old people they do know what's going on they're just acting dumb because they don't want to deal with people I hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the same thing where like, you know, I know, I definitely know pretty girls that are just like act kind of stupid, but like, you know, that their eyes on the prize, you know, so mm. that's empower to me. That's like empowerment. Yeah. I, I mean, truthfully, like, I don't like that, that 
you know, is the like patriarchal, <laughs> like, you know, systems that, know, be, right? that, that yeah. you have to work that's, within that's, I know. in order to yeah. like progress and advance. But yeah. Anyway, I think that's that's what the lyrics are, if I understand it correctly, or what it's about. So, it, it you know, it, but it tell us, t- right? <laughs> yeah, tell like, us in the comments what you think. Right? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Like, yeah, let us know what what you uh, make from that song. But I think just going through that process of change has made me go from like a "What the heck are you doing?" cube to uh, you know more of a so yeah, an endorser of, of the music and, and the and the concept and and the, the music and the, I think the sampling of like the different like random like mm. musical styles I think have made me has grown on me over time but mm-hmm. it, it definitely plays off of that dumb what is it like I, I want to say it's almost like a one out of five what like melody and, or harmony in the chorus that that makes you feel like okay it's kind of like fumbling around dumb mm. sound to it but a very catty flirty uh style as well mm-hmm. yeah and like the, that whole cabaret thing you're talking about too oh yeah in. totally totally yeah it goes along yeah same same set of instruments that you would use in like a cabaret production and they've got that visually um shown at the music video as well i think the other thing that stands out in this is uh yuki i, I think she mm. really you can hear she she gives uh i think it's on the second chorus or second pre-chorus or Mm-hmm. I think it's second chorus, yes. She gives different energy. So I, I just love that. And huh. I don't know, her voice just really carries through um, in this song. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so DJ John, tell us what your hit replay is. All right. So my hit replay is Sulgi's 28 Reasons. I don't know if I got 28 Reasons Why, but I do like the song. So on October 4th, on the first day of the release, the album exceeded 143,682 copies on the Hanto chart. Is that how you Wait, pronounce is, that? is that a lot? Like, I, uh, I don't even know anymore. Like, That's a lot. That's okay. a lot of albums. Okay. 143,000 albums is a lot. Yes. It's not nothing. And, you know, you compare it to, uh, I don't know, in America, where, like, people freak out if Taylor Swift does a half a million in a week. Okay, okay, yeah, no, that's a good sense it's, of scale to compare with this, big, yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. So, you know, they're not, you know, Sulgi is still killing it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just I just like the sounds of it and I just like the artisticness of it and the music videos, dark and cinematic. But yeah, the sounds, just like the percussion and her singing is top notch. And yeah, just the snares are like tasty. It's good. That's my, you know. <laughs> it, it's, those it's, are my yeah it, it's going off of her dark motif right that she's had for a few songs yeah her and now. Irene with Monster and everything right. and then like you know with like Naughty and and then this is definitely like along the same lines of that it's not like you know Red Velvet goes there a little bit with um, like Psycho and things like that too so but um, like I but think yeah. it even goes with um, what is that Girls on Top like yeah it, yeah yeah you know almost like a derivative not, I don't I don't mean like that in a negative sense but like you know 
tangentially related conceptually to yeah, that totally. as well. It's part of yeah. the, you know, like back in the back in the days when people had five disc CD changers. Do you remember that? <laughs> they would like. Yeah. Do you remember that? And it's yeah, like yeah. Um, you would sit there and put you'd pick the five CDs that put in the changer and hit random. And then it's like, you know, from then on, it's like I kind of use the metaphor of like, yeah, that goes in the five CD changer with this, this and this. So I girls on top. Yeah. Selgi, you know, and um, Irene and Selgi. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought, like, going back to the Irene Selgi thing, like, there's, but it's right in the bridge, I want to say, or the last chorus, there's, like, Uh what Selgi mirrored in the music video. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and then also, like, you you know the the SM Scream series, which is the best, you must know it because you're a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, one of my favorite remix series of anything, and um, I hope that they do one for this song. Oh yeah. yeah, this would definitely be a really good candidate for remixing, for yeah, sure. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and maybe the ten record too. You know? Yeah, it's both the ten record and this one. I think with both of them, you can take them in a lot of different musical directions, just following sure. the melody of the of the vocals. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our how you content recommendations or our how you thing that we want to share. So. I guess I'll go first because I've got the the cute one here. So my yeah. mine is like light fluff. So Blackpink recently started on their world tour and like kicking it off in I believe Korea. Lisa's fellow Thai friends, um, mm. Sorn from mm-hmm. formerly of CLC and Minnie from yeah. Soyeon and her backup dancers G Idol. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> They they all the three of them like regularly hang out as right. I understand. So in support of Lisa and kicking off this tour, and I guess Lisa asked for Soren and Minnie to attend her concert to, to get that support. Nice. Soren created a handmade gift for Lisa in the style, I guess, of a lot of like Thai country singers, where you like make a dress or something like out of like folded dollar bills. So oh. <laughs> she did that for Lisa and Soren posted a video of her like going through the process of uh, creating a, like basically, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what you would call it, but um, <laughs> like uh, something, an something to, for her to wear over um, fully made of uh, all these different dollar bills. So you got to put really a link cute. in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, yeah, we'll, we'll. We'll put it in a link so you can watch the video if you haven't seen yeah. it already. But it was really Yeah, you got to see it. All right. So we were going to have Virginia talk to her how you thing, but she had to dip out. But her how you thing content recommendation was the RM and Pharrell interview. Yeah. So which is on available on Spotify, YouTube and Rolling Stone. Is that? Yeah, correct? Rolling Stone. Yeah. So, yeah, like, John, it sounds like you've got the background on this one. So. So what is this? What is so, this? So okay, um, just out of nowhere, uh, Pharrell and um, RM Rap Monster from BTS. Oh, he uh, no longer goes by in, Rap Monster, they, but yeah. What's that? He no longer goes by Rap Monster. I think. He, oh, he does. He, he was embarrassed by. <laughs> but is yeah, right? just RM now. Yeah, it's still funny. Okay, anyway, so RM and Pharrell had a discussion for it was like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. um, and you can watch it on YouTube, and they just talk about things in general. But it's just in pretty cool to see them speaking to each other and, you know, 
RM idolizes Pharrell and Pharrell really respects BTS and wants to work with them, which I think, you know, and they were talking well, about like working right? together. Like everyone, well, everyone does. But, but the thing is, is that people want to work with Pharrell, you know what I mean? So oh, it's okay. like the, yeah. the pairing and also... I, you know, I'm a huge Pharrell fan, you know, I, I'm a fan of BTS as well, but Pharrell has been around since the, you know, early nineties, you know? So, I mean, he produced Rump Shaker. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. The, the original. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he produced all the classics, including Sync, Justin Timberlake's half of his first album. So it's like, he's already got a little bit of boy band experience. And then mm-hmm. I want to see what he does with BTS. Like, in a couple of years, if and when they go into the studio, that that to me would blow my mind, you know, because there's a lot of worlds converging and it's kind of like, you know, a lot of K-pop is derivative, like throwback sounding. I mean, there's still New Jack Swing and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. in K-pop and, you know, it's like a lot of R&B, a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's just like, I want to hear what happens, you know? Yeah. But anyway, the, the interview was was really cool. It was just like, I think it was just like something for the fans but it was very interesting to see them talk about stuff and and their shoes were really cool too. <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Yeah. It's interesting because as you were kind of going through like, you know, the respective chops, it's like yeah, both very accomplished for the um, boy group, like pop production. But like yeah. you know, if they were to do something together, it would probably be something appropriate that, you know, one would do following the the typical boy band progression like i, I think what what you're you're getting at like well you know timberlake after you know backstreet boys like where, where do you go after, from there yeah, in sync. Yeah. or in sync excuse me <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah well, don't I get the fandom mad at you now yeah <laughs> oh yeah no that, that yeah. was a horrible mistake to make yeah no so that's gonna be cool because i mean you know they're gonna be i mean um who is the oldest member of bts he just put the song out with uh coldplay Oh, anyway, Jin, he's like 31. So like they're going to get they're going to be in their 30s, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by the time they come back. And Pharrell's like older. He's like, you know, vampire, but he's like older, but they're going to be more mature, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. they're going to be ready to kind of sink their teeth into interesting stuff. And, like uh, you know, so that's why I'm, you know, I'm also excited about it. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I think their audience will grow too, right? Like that's not to say that, of course, like True. armies, you know, have like a diverse, you know, fandom. But, but they'll like, be two you know, years older, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be cool. Anyway, looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, John, DJ John. Okay. Tell us about your thing. So Stray Kids, 143, the, the album Maxident, you know, shout out JYP, shout out Republic Records. Okay, so the album went gold, like, you know, in a week, I don't even know if it was a day or whatever, a week, but it sold like 100,000 units. And... um. I think it got a billboard number one, but I don't see nothing about Stray Kids anywhere Mm. on the radio or in America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to put it into perspective, okay, so for example, Blackpink, right? They get a hundred million, like almost a hundred million views in a day when um, their first single from the new album dropped, right? Mm -hmm. Venom, Pink Venom. Mm -hmm. And Nicki Minaj, who is great, she dropped, you know, the... The Rick James, whatever, you know, this is the new yeah, song. Yeah, the freaky, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, super freaky girl. And it got like six, I looked on YouTube, it had like six million views and it was like a week after it had dropped. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I just look at that and I'm just like, okay, 
what is going on? You know, like mm-hmm. ratio <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. quote sure. Twitter. It's just yeah. kind of like, it's just kind of like, hey man, like, all right, these acts on these major American labels are doing these numbers on these platforms, right? That everybody uses Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, why aren't they being represented, party people? Come on. Like, is it because of xenophobia? Is it because of racism? Is that? And I was speaking to some colleagues who, you know, will remain nameless, but their opinion is, they have, they have good opinions. And, um, you know, one of them was telling me, like, the music industry looks at K-pop as kind of like a thing that they have no idea what to do with until it gets so big mm. that they can't ignore it. And what they're going to do is this is capitalism. They're going to jump on it as soon as it becomes big enough where it's just like, okay, we can't contain it. Well, they're not trying to contain it, but it's like, it's so crazy that we have to address it right now. It's to that point. I feel like there is a tipping point. Oh, BTS I agree. obviously yeah. is crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, eventually somebody's going to have to like do something, but Word on the street is apparently right now the music industry has no plans for K-pop. What do you mean by that? So what what does it mean Meaning to have They're they're not going to promote K-pop. Like they they huh. have records and they're going to do the bare minimum. And I've seen that. I mean like you look at social media, you know, like I see Interscope and um Republic are the only ones really saying anything about Blackpink or and or you know G Idol or whatever, and it's just basically reporting that something has happened, like oh the video came out, you know. Mm-hmm. Blackpink's own social media accounts and maybe um, you know YG or whoever, they're pushing it. You know they're saying oh this this is what's happening, this this is what's on the charts and blah blah blah, and they're going to all these shows and stuff and doing all this stuff. They come here, you know, black people be on Colbert. But I don't see no stray kids on anything up here. I don't see them. I see BB on Good Morning America, but that's because like she's down with 88 Rising and that's a whole different animal. But Mm -hmm. I just look at stuff like this and I'm just like, I think it's too big to ignore. And I kind of feel like the music industry is, I don't know. It's like they're really stagnant about this and they, they need to be proactive. Are there other points in the music industry's like history where like let, let's say it was like like quote unquote latin music or sure. um hip-hop <laughs> yeah i was gonna was like say go yeah, all the way back I to mean, hip-hop like where dude, they just like I mean, how to evolve yes yes i mean think about it this way the funny the ironic and hilarious thing about k-pop is that it's exactly in the same position that hip-hop was in in like 1980 like in the 80s like Mm -hmm. when um like rapper's delight came out and was just like you know this huge breakthrough record and then everyone just thought hip-hop was a joke you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like they were all they all had this this idea that okay that's just what hip-hop is talking about you know going to your grandmother's friend's house and eating gross dinner. Yeah. Okay. Ha ha. You know? And then it started to become serious because this is music that was actually legit music. And then eventually based on like how the success of it, you know, radio couldn't ignore it. But in the, for a long time, rock radio was very kind of like, we don't know what that is, you know? And it sounds angry. We don't like it. And in this case, we have the rap industry, (laughs) which is, you Mm -hmm. know, the music industry, uh, for the most part, it's just like, you know, it's the number one format in the country. And they're sitting there going, 
I don't know what this is. What is this K-pop stuff? It, uh, you know, Joe Budden. I don't like him. I don't like those. I don't like those BTS blank. You know what I mean? And you get all of that from like this community, and it's. Fun, I mean, the industry, and it to me, it's just kind of like this is America. This is a capitalist society. You guys need to get on board with this because it's going to take over, you know? But surely, like, you know, looking to the boy bands of the late 90s and mm. just pop of that era, you would think that we would be receptive. <laughs> to well, that's this. the irony. That's the irony. It's just like people that are kind of like complacent and cushion their jobs and they just like get used to a certain thing. They look at something else and they're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this because it's a different country. It's a different language. And then also, you know, if you try to do something with like Red Velvet or, you know, even Twice or G-Idol, it's kind of like they're already superstars. So they're not necessarily going to come. Or and I guess it's the same thing with Stray Kids. It's like they're even though they're newer. So I feel like they would do a little bit more work, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to go to some radio station out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, just like try to promote and like be responsive to things. I, I don't know. It, it's just a, it's a tough thing because they're already famous elsewhere. So going somewhere else and having to kind of start over on the K-pop side, it's a little bit like whatever. But I really think that if someone in the music industry or some people in the music industry tried to, um, you know, make it happen for K-pop in a major way. Um, I, I said this on our Slack. Uh, there's a guy named Leo Cohen, who is um, MCA from the Beastie Boys. Is older. He founded Def Jam with Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, he started a label called Asylum, and it was for the already platinum rappers in Texas. And so, you know, people like Slim Thug and the um, Color Changing Click, Paul Wall, and all those guys back in the early 2000s, late 90s, they were already platinum out of their car trunks. You know what I mean? So they were selling CDRs and they already sold a million albums, but they Mm. wanted the fame and recognition. So Lior built this label called Asylum and one of my buddies worked there for a long time. And so they they gave major distribution and they kind of treated it as an independent record deal. So that was interesting. And I feel like if somebody did that for K-pop, it could work because to me, it's like, it's almost like you just have to grease the wheels. The The data has already been collected. This is what sells with kids. Sure, there might be some cultural differences, but the data is there. I get the impression 88 Rising is trying to do that, right? No? Am I well, mistaken? They're, they're doing it in a different way. They're trying to do some stuff, but with K-pop, it's, it's different because, I don't know, like 88 Rising is like a hip-hop and R&B kind of label, you know? So they're more like mm. doing rappers. Like BB is like a soul artist, you know? And right. and she's a rapper and stuff, you know? But it's not like K-pop. She's like a solo act. 88 Rising doesn't really have like K-pop groups, you know? Uh-huh. No, I I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's 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 all interesting. <laughs> I I don't know. When when you earlier at the front when you were saying like you've you've heard from like industry reps, like, can you tell us who, <laughs> can, can you tell us like, no. like who, who are the individuals or like what, or maybe even the profile of the, the type, if you don't want to. Well, it's just, like, it's just promotion people, you know, okay. the people that are in, that are working for major labels that are in promotion and work with the artists. So for example, 
and I definitely don't want to give any names or anything. Sure. Uh, apparently, Blackpink is not the easiest to work with because of logistics. You you know you would think that they all travel around together, and in a van, and it's all fun, and the girls you know they're all sisters, et cetera, et cetera. No, I I, I can but see they, that they each they each have entourages and different yeah. things. So it's like four bands trying to get together to do one thing, and so it's difficult to move them from one place to the other. And a lot of the times it's just kind of unnecessary. It's like, you know, in people's opinions, because it's just kind of like, can't you guys just meet up and like join together and just go do this thing? It's like, the, no, they all each have to have their own everything. And then, you know, that's how things get done. And unfortunately it's just like, that's what it is. But that's what I mean about like the fact that they're already royalty. So they don't really have to do much but the fact that they, you know, their video is sitting at almost a half a billion <laughs> and it just came out like a month ago and, the, yeah. and, the, and that the record label is not really pushing them and we're not hearing them on the radio. It's weird. It's weird mm. to me. But maybe that's what, what's logistically blocking it. Just that these artists have become such full scale productions mm. with like, you know, multiple entourages who have to do right. all these different like, you know, commercial deals and solo projects that working abroad overseas to do these promotional typical like you know domestic promotional activities maybe that's what's you know making it harder for promoters to do their thing i think so well yeah for for the record promoters i think yeah yeah, record promoters yeah um yeah, it, it's a tough thing, but it, it to me, it's like, it just shouldn't be. It's like, this is what the kids want. Here's a product that kids in America want and they're teenagers and there's a giant void. There's like no more boy bands. Everything is like, like, I think I said this earlier, it's either like baby shark songs or it's like straight up, like I'm yeah. going to kill you and I have, you know, $10 million and yeah, like nothing know, in between. I'm, right. I'm going to steal your girlfriend. Th- those are all <laughs> the messages that you have one or the other. There's no in between. And even back in the days when um, like Selena Gomez and Tim, you know, they're all Disney kids, you know, Miley Cyrus and stuff. It was just fun teenage party music that also like transcended. You know? Yeah. And to me, that's what a lot of K pop is. It's just like, it's good dance music. And at the same time, it's good, clean fun. So, like, you don't have to have the pressure of being like super adult when you're a teenager. Right. You know, I think that that's that's a good message. And I feel like people should get behind that. And I think it would sell because they're selling physical copies. That's the other thing. Taylor Swift sold physical copies. These, this is like, a thousand groups that have physical copies of stuff that kids will buy. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, let, let, let's move along here. We, we got to wrap right. up. Yeah. So let, let's move on to our day back or not yeah. uh, section. <laughs> so like, are, are you essentially glass half full or half empty? And the thing okay. about to, to list, right? All right. So All right. are you day back or not on V live shutting down? Shutting down. You got to tell me what happened. So. I, I wish Virginia was on for this. I, I think she would have added a lot more contracts. But essentially, V Live was acquired by Hybe. I, I don't know. I want to say like a year ago or something. Something thereabouts. Mm. And if you didn't already know, V Live is like this like parasocial like network platform mm-hmm. <laughs> where like you can essentially do these like live streams to your fandom, and then right. you can have those live streams recorded. And you know, long, you got a different like paid tiers to to access that content, um, if I understand correctly. 
So, uh, you know, prior to its acquisition, a lot of different artists used VLive. But with it shutting down, the artists who chose not to move over to Hybe's new thing, like their new like VLive equivalent, are essentially losing their content. So, oh, man. And, and like, you know, some some of the content on VLive comes from, you know, groups who are no longer active, right? Mm-hmm. Like companies yeah. who are no longer around. So, you know, stuff is being lost in that transition. So, but, but even for the companies who are still active, but maybe just didn't do anything, it's once again, falling on the fans to kind of fill in for that gap. So a lot of fans have started recording and lifting stuff off of Live to, to save it. But it's caused some fans to be unhappy in the yeah. process in the move over to Weaver. So anyway, are you Daybuck or not on it? I would say not. That's not good. How about you? I don't know. I get like at, at the same time, like I, I can kind of see where hype is coming from. Like I've well, they're making business decisions, but you're, you're talking about just V Live shutting down as a out of yeah. context. I don't know. This is just the way of up. things. Like I, 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 I I'm going to go like <laughs> have. I'm going to cheat here and say I, I'm like meh. I am both debak and not about it <laughs> because like <laughs> okay. Like I, I, I totally understand where hype is coming from. Like you can't. I don't know. I guess that maybe they could have used the existing platform and just kind of upgraded it over time, but they could have just turned into like K-pop Netflix. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think like fundamentally, like crucially, this is a PR communications issue. Like they just, they just didn't communicate Mm. to their user base. Yeah. Well enough ahead of time that, Hey, some content is going to be lost or, you know, what's going to happen with the content from the companies who are no longer active on the platform. Right. And then providing a space for that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Are you Dayback or not on Triple S, the 24-member unit? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm also Dayback. So Triple S, they're a group that's going to have like multiple subunits. They did their first drop song. And I think their their first song is actually pretty good. Acid Angel from Asia. Triple A. Yes. Yeah, they killed it. Yeah, and then as they went into the elevator at the end, it was like the brighter version. So maybe that's like oh, the yeah. tease of the next subunit. They yeah, just like, I, yeah, they're going to just uh, hand it off. As, as we were saying, like, saying right before the episode, it's kind of like in the vein of um, NCT. <laughs> uh, right. Luna, AKB. A- AKB 48. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It was just like, it's AKB 48 all over yeah. again. Except yeah. half the numbers, but still. That's a lot. 24 um, is a lot. Well, I wonder why, you know, I wonder why that was formed and who greenlit it and was just like, maybe they looked at AKB and said, hey, that's a good idea or what? Because that I don't remember any K-pop group that's that big, like NCT, I guess. But they were never like, were they like a thing like with all of the members kind of like as a thing or did it? I feel like it, didn't they start and then they just added members? How did that work? I don't remember. With uh, with with, with NCT. AKB or uh, NCT, if I recall correctly, they did subunits first. Yeah, and then they 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 actually largely kept to those subunits, and it was a kind of like a weird way for like Lee Suman to allegedly scale and localize the group across different regions. But I I don't think that that original vision ever really took off. And really, what huh. I think, frankly, fundamentally, what you're getting is just 
you know, a half dozen different groups. <laughs> and, I, you know, I think realistically speaking, we're probably going to get the same thing here with Triple S. And I think that's fine. Like, if, like, it's another way of saying, like, we're going to launch a bunch of talent, but give us the flexibility to mix and match them how we want for each song. Which which K-pop group has the most members besides this? Like I know Seventeen has thirteen members. Oh, I, I you know I'm not even sure. Probably like NCT. Thirteen? Right? Well, no, I mean besides like oh, NCT uh, in one. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they go out on stage and do stages all together. They're not doing it with yeah. I I'm not sure. <laughs> Seventeen. Uh, yeah, maybe has thirteen members. Yeah, I I don't know. Luna, we'll, we'll, maybe. I'll, I'll leave. Uh, There's got to be another group that has. More than 13 All right, members, we'll figure but I don't know. Let us know uh, in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, are you Daybok or not on K-pop on Broadway? I don't know if I'm Daybok, you know, but I understand why it, it's good. It's just spreading the word. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in terms of, I don't know, man. I, I'm not really Daybok on Broadway in the first place. Oh, really? So, yeah, I mean, I, I like some Broadway stuff, like Hamilton, you know? Mm-hmm. Some of it is a little bit... I don't know. But not this production. Yeah. I mean, I saw like the Good Morning America performance mm-hmm. with uh, who was on that? Kevin Wu or something. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. It's cool. It's just to me, it's almost like K-pop isn't even a thing yet in America. It's like it hasn't, you know, that it hasn't broken mainstream other than like BTS. People don't even know who Blackpink is. You know what I mean? When I'm just talking to everyday people. And mm-hmm. so, like, for there to be, like, a K-pop Broadway thing already. And then the so fact I that... I think that, like, that's why they're selling it as a Broadway thing, because it's, like, the novelty of the world huh. of K-pop. And so, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's why they're trying to sell it. Okay. I mean, I'll defer to you on the on, on it. It sounds yeah. like you're Daybok. No, I think I'm also not on it. <laughs> like, what like, the like, heck? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I am like pro Asian Americans, you know, getting more of them on Broadway, and like accurate representations of like Asians in media. And I think oh, it's sure. awesome that you've got a lot of uh, a few former K-pop idols in this production. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if this is the right way to do it. I, I don't know if this is the right story in the right format. I think it what would have been better if there was a different story focus that involved k-pop but wasn't using k-pop as like the hook if that makes sense i know what you're saying i kind of just keep thinking that it's it's a little bit out of order you know Mm -hmm. like for example when hip-hop was new we had movies in the early 80s like beat street and breaking and it was about hip-hop and wild style and style wars and stuff. And, you know, and that was about the hip hop scene and something that was just like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, we're going to, we're going to put this in theaters and people are going to go into a world that they know nothing about. There has been no K-pop movie. And I really think that if like, they're going to do like a Broadway thing, something needs to happen first to put it in all of America's households. And, you know, Broadway play, to me, it's just like, that's after like the success happens. Then you do a Broadway thing about it. That That's my opinion. Mm, yeah, I, I, I guess. I agree with that though. Like, I, it's like saying, I don't know, maybe this is a bad analogy, but it's like, you don't want to have like Asian Americans, the movie. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> Well, they had crazy rich Asians. But that's what I want to say. Like, it was like, okay, this is more on, you know, old money conflict. That was the story, right? 
and and it wasn't such that like the the focus of the story was just to say we're trying to get Asians on on screen. That was a side effect, mm-hmm. right? Like that wasn't the the main thing driving the plot. Well, that's also because they wanted to sell tickets. And the only way to do it is just to make it into the cookie cutter stuff that like is a kind of a Western thing, except yeah. it's got facets of Asian culture in it, Chinese culture specifically. But it's like, I don't know. It's it, to me, it's like they, they, uh, they had to make it. So it was so Western and kind of homogenized that like it, it, it general that in the process. Yeah. And it's sold out. It's, you have to, otherwise okay. like th- nobody's going to pick it up. All right, uh, let's move on to our next item here. Right, let's move on. So, are you Daybuck <laughs> or not on Jackson Wang's League of Legends song? Yeah, I mean, yes, Daybuck, Jackson, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I also wish we had Virginia for that. I, I think she she is fully she thirsting. So yeah, she she would give us some uh, some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's got a good song, and it was um, cool seeing him from the tradition of Soyeon. Doing right. <laughs> another uh, League of Legends virtual group idol singer True. thing. Yeah, 88 Rising. Which brings us to the next thing. Okay, yes, next thing. So, uh, so you're on four-year anniversary uh, featuring other members of KDA. So it's the KDA four-year anniversary. Are you Daybok or not on that? Daybok, definitely. Yeah, I think they, I they left, uh, like I still play their original song, Pop Stars. Like, Oh, yeah. Like at anime conventions and... Mm. Some like you know nerd K-pop adjacent gigs like yeah 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 it's still going <laughs> strong. That's awesome. Okay, are you Daybok or not on La Seraphim's Anti Fragile? Daybok, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song. La Seraphim is actually uh, La Seraphim and New Jeans are like both really killing it. Honestly, they are in spite of all it. the controversy. Like they've had some really. Hey, good can songs. I say something controversial? Oh, please bring back Kim Garam. Thank you. All right, there you go. I know no one, no one will agree with me, but it's just like I think she got a raw what, deal. What, what's your uh, social handle so people can let you know if they disagree? Oh yeah, you can get mad at me <laughs> at DJ John Main M A I N E, and you can go to djjohn.com and you know like that, okay. and just like you know if you want to troll me. But I just have yeah. that opinion because I just don't like the way all of that went down. It was just really sad, and I think Twitter is a toxic place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The thing, the fact that like Twitter. And I guess Instagram, but I th- anyway, I feel like those social platforms treated it differently than Reddit, mm-hmm. that it's just, it just says something about the platform itself. You know, it's not necessarily what happened or what didn't happen. It's what blows up and what some anonymous person can do to get either recognition or attention or whatever, you know what I mean? And, and it's like the fact that it doesn't happen on other platforms is just like telling. It's just like, nah, man. Yeah, that is that's not real. That's not real. So that's just my opinion. Okay. Next and item. Then. New jeans's official <laughs> rabbit stick. I mean bunny light stick. <laughs> that's funny. Daybok, totally. Yeah. You, uh, well, how about you? Hmm. <laughs> Where's Virginia? I'm trying to decide how I feel about this. Uh <laughs> I'm going to go not. <sighs> yeah. Okay. What were your reasons? No, no, no. I'm going to go day back. You know, no, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. going to go day back. I, I'm sorry flopping, but yes, I, I'm going to go day back. No, it, it's good. I think the fans are rightly seeing like 
yeah, it's a cute bunny thing. And, and they're, they're such <laughs> precious, innocent kids. So good yeah, for and them. If you wanna, yeah, you got to look in the, the link in the description because like, if you don't know what the light stick looks like, you'll laugh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So it's good. It's unique. It's, mm. you know, I think the, the worst thing that you could have as a light stick is if it just blends in with all the other ones, right? Yeah, it's true. Okay. Are you Daybok or not on President Biden trying to get K-pop and Swifties votes by investigating concert fees? Because we're just ahead of the midterm elections Is that what here. he's trying to do? Well, um, on November that? 3rd, so a day before mm. the recording of this episode, he, mm-hmm. the, the POTUS Twitter account mm. tweeted... I know hidden junk fees, like processing fees on concert tickets, are a pain. They're unfair, deceptive, and add up. That's why last week I called on my administration to crack down on these fees and put that money back in your pocket. There you go. So, but uh, wh- why did you take that as meaning Swifties and K-pop only? Well, truthfully, this, this is stemming from uh, Todd in our Slack, who's on the last episode. Okay. But he, he said, like, oh, President Biden really trying hard to get the K-pop vote. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like he's got the K-pop vote. I mean, I don't know how many MAGA K-pop people there are. Maybe there's some. What do you think? Do you know? Is there data on that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what it really is though, John, like in my opinion, like it's not that K-pop fans are going to vote for the MAGA crazy conspiracy, the candidates. It's just more that (laughs) you got to do something to energize your base so that they actually show up. And vote. Oh, oh, you mean like, you know, getting more people to vote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. get it. I, I just also think it's like, you know, I, I don't, I don't never disagree with Todd because he's a wise man. He knows what he's talking about. At the same time, it's like this controversy with Ticketmaster being insanely horrible was going on with like every other artist too, like rock artists, yeah. like Pearl Jam and whoever else back in the days. And, you know, it's always been a thing. So, yeah, it's a pervasive dark side yeah. Yeah, <laughs> issue. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, yeah, across the industry. So I'm definitely Daybok on on Biden, like trying to like get people to come out and vote. Come on. Yeah, you know, like I try to do that yeah. too. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for Daybok or not items. I think final point of the discussion and closing for this episode, we don't really have much to say. Honestly, it sounded like Virginia had more comments on this. She did. But... I guess we just want to leave a space for the uh, Itaewon Stampede and the um, really just that entire tragedy. Like, I I don't know what to say, but I just wanted to hold a space for it in the episode yeah, and yeah. to acknowledge it. Do you remember, like, when you learned about it, like, what you were thinking? I mean, do you ever think about it, John, like, as a DJ, like... You know, things you can do for crowd control. Definitely. I mean, yeah, because so many concerts and things, people getting like um, hurt. Mm -hmm. There's so much history. But yeah, with this, well, you know, from what Virginia was saying, it's like it could have been avoided. And it was, you know, there's some finger pointing going on. And it could be because of like the current administrations kind of siphoning off, uh, some of the wasn't she saying that? Like yeah, the, the police, police so force they could was, go visit his shaman or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so he could go do something, and so they, he was using the resources and um, kind of didn't take care of this, and now they're kind of covering it up and whitewashing it or whatever. I mean, that that's really kind of here nor there, I guess. 
because it's like, hopefully people can learn from mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're trying to cover it up, maybe they still learn from this. And there's like, we don't want this to happen again in the future moving forward. But at the same time, it's really about, you know, mourning the loss of the victims and, you know, and their families and what they must be going through. It's just, you know, I can't imagine it's so heartbreaking. I had a friend um, that just went to Korea just to go hang out. And he was talking about hanging out with some record labels and maybe do some stuff with hip hop or whatever. And I was like really worried that he was in that. And so I emailed him and it's like, bro, like hit me back. Are you okay? And, and luckily he answered me within like six or seven minutes and was like, yeah, dude. And he just kind of laughed and I was like, shh, that's not funny, man. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, cause like he totally could have been at that. Right. I heard that there were some like people that were in K-pop that, passed away too, or maybe one person? Probably, right? But I, I don't know. Um, just just given yeah. the number of bodies and, you know. It's just so horrible. And, I mean, yeah. to, you know, just to suffocate, like just, you know, I can't, it's just like horrible. This is horrible. Yeah, I think what, what, what like just compounds the tragedy is just part of like what's causing it is like some selfish, you know, I just want to party. I just want to have fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there were reports of people who were still trying to, you know, enjoy themselves as it was mm. happening, as bodies were being piled up on the street. And you also heard That's reports crazy. of like businesses who maybe could have done something to lighten the impact, but chose not to because they don't, you know, like, who are these people to climb up, climb up on my, you know, business? I don't want that here. Mm. Yeah, so, so terrible. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it was also preventable just because like you could, you know, going oh, back course, a few yeah. years pre-pandemic, it was a very popular event. So surely there could have been some public investment in crowd control um, anticipating oh, this. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. But hindsight 2020 and people are just like not thinking about it. It's, it's funny. It's like, I think the most tragic thing about is that people after being cooped up for three years finally get to go have a good time and this happens you know yeah what I mean? well that that's it's why like, right like that's why that's it was like such an issue because it was all that <laughs> so you know sad. yeah I, know. I mean it, it really you know like hearing the descriptions of what happened it just like it was like trained to busan or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. horrible or just like world war z type levels just people trying to survive and then people not getting the communication at the end of the crowd and then they keep pushing it it's just like oh man it's just i don't know just makes me like sick in my stomach you know what i mean yeah but anyway on that note (laughs) anyway yeah um yeah yeah let's plug our thing so uh not that we're trying to profit off of tragedy here but (laughs) just just we need to end this episode (laughs) so you can continue the discussion how about that or you can continue the discussion talk to us about this or share your thoughts you can tweet all of us at the K-pop cast at the K-pop cast on Twitter. If Twitter mm. is still around next week, right. um, or or uh, I think we're we're probably on other social platforms as well. We also got our our Slack again. So yeah, we'll, Spotify. We'll another plug for that. Yeah, or I, I don't know yeah. if there's a way for people to engage via Spotify, but yeah, can, uh, there's can that. Leave comments yet on Spotify or no? That's I, I don't think so. YouTube. YouTube, they can. And there's a, there's yeah. a, a K-pop cast page on YouTube. So oh yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. There you go. You can comment. Right. 
How about you, DJ John? Where can people find you? Uh, I got some stuff. Well, okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Tw- Twitter at DJ John Main, DJJohn.com. And I got like the mixtapes and stuff. Anyway, and so do you. Yes. But then I'm, I'm working with 88 Rising to do an interview with this guy, Spence Lee, who's a new oh, nice. um, signee. Yeah. So we're going to talk about he's from Jersey. So I think we're going to do an interview coming up. So hopefully, uh, you know, just be on the lookout for that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm just looking him up right now. On God, it looks like he just had on a God, yeah. song that I mean, he just he's came like out. a rapper. So it's like, you know, hip hop. He's not like a K-pop artist, but it's like, you know, I'm going to ask him some questions about like being Korean American and uh, like that. Okay. Well, catch you all again next time. Be sure to follow the things and um, stay tuned. We're working on our big year-end episode. So we've got award categories that you want to suggest to us we're, we're brainstorming topics right now such as like most banger clinger or oh yeah <laughs> best ho anthem in k-pop right so, now what do you think the biggest record is of the year what do you think my bag my bag by g idol so yeah i'm featuring g idol yeah is that right that's your that's your number one pick huh um for right now like we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna break it up into like objective best you know like taking yeah, yeah. my biases aside uh, so it's probably not going to be that in like the you know like the top ten. But for my personal pick category, it's probably going to be my bag or this really corny song from uh, Rolling Quartz, Ice on Fire. I love it. It's so they corny are so good. good. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. I really like them. Yeah, but it's between those two songs for my personal favorite. Okay, all right, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, catch you all later. Thanks, everyone. Tune in. Yeah.